2: Second hour of Life of Tower on the Horn. Jeff Howell on vacation down there in Disney World. We have Gene Watson joining us, our baseball insider, over 40 years in the game. And, of course, uh, in the game uh, as uh, general manager with the Kansas City Royals, assistant GM with the Royals joining us uh, during uh, this uh, program today. You've done Disney World, have you not, or have
0: you? So when I was with the Braves, I would have to go into Orlando and evaluate our extended spring, which yeah. we had two teams, which was six, six days of Peach, which which was twelve days at the Disney All Star Sports Resort with all access to the park. And by year wow. two,
2: you knew my, every square inch. Well, of that my part. kids
0: were like, "We're not going today." I'm like, "You're going. <laughs> you won't get to do this forever." So <laughs> to say, my wife could literally write a book on the dos and don'ts and the times and um,
2: the best way to handle oh, Disney World. Man. Yeah, we we were big Disney. Well, and during that time also, wasn't that baseball city thing going on, Braves, Royals, they had that? that. No,
0: well, no, Braves move over to the wide world of sports. Yes. And, yeah. that, and that was crazy because, like, you could be on, I could be on the backfield watching our extended play, and there goes Dan Marino walking by doing a <laughs> football camp or... Crazy the 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 people that you would see there just in random times. So. Wow,
2: yeah. Uh, so uh, Gene Watschwitz, Uh we did uh, did we not Cameron uh, give away a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine?
3: We did. and Congratulations to our second winner, Jose Rodriguez. Jose, way to go! All right, two down, many more to go. Yeah, all the way through
2: August twenty fifth to give away one copy per day uh, in this airspace from uh, ten a.m. to noon. Additional copies, uh, there will be uh, giveaways online at hornfm.com, and that begins on Monday. Uh, Derek Cohen fashioning all that together, getting that ready to uh, launch again. That's what we do every year. Uh, Certainly uh, our friends at uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Uh, And if you
3: want an inside look at how that was made this season, the 2023 edition, hornfm.com. We uh, had Greg Tepper on yesterday, and you can listen to the full interview that Craig did with Greg Tepper uh, Really good stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, beginning to do our our duo tip. Uh, Clean up from hour number one on the Specs text line. Uh, Somebody said, one summer night at Six Flags, when I was in the eighth grade, we were in the tower overlooking the binocular deal. You put a quarter in, the whole stadium flashed. Nolan with a strikeout. (laughs) They saw that that night. We were talking about Nolan, right? Somebody says, tell Gene I love it when he sings 14K Mind.
0: That's the country singer Gene Watson.
2: Yeah, 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 a little bit different Gene Watson. A little different. Uh, although he's around. <laughs> uh, curious of the star power in that uh, clubhouse that Gene mentioned. There was a lot of it in that. Oh, it was crazy. Day. Every day. It was,
0: And I mean, like, the the celebrities that came in, you know, the, uh, Kevin Costner when he was filming JFK. I got to throw BP to Kevin Costner. And Garth Brooks when he was really Troy Brooks and had just changed his name to Garth Brooks. George Strait was filming Pure Country. He and his band were in every night. I mean, it was a rock and roll show. It was something. It was really something.
2: It's kind of like when Tommy Lasorda used to have Frank Sinatra in the Dodger clubhouse in the 70s. Uh, Somebody said, please, please get Gene to tell the Reader's Digest version of the uh, Nolan Ryan practical joke. You hinted at it last hour it's you, it's it's a little bit of a story it's now. okay okay we, we've we've got 50 more minutes so, so it's okay
0: so i was a huge card collector memorabilia collector i had you name it i had it and nolan had signed 1500 upper deck upper deck was the thing at the time the griffey one one in 89 that card was was uh, incredible and so they were coming in for um the 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 old timers day Upper Deck was coming in, and they had Nolan sign 1,500 of these Upper Deck Legends cards to be put in packs nationwide, and if you got one of these cards, it was like, you know, it was was worth a lot of money, first of all, but it was like a really big deal, so... Bobby V. had his card shop over in the restaurant, you know very well, Bobby Valentine's Restaurant across from yep. I-30. And Won so a sports
2: trivia contest
0: in there once. Dave Wilmont, our bat boy, would, would work it, but he'd run over like in the fourth inning and shut it down. <clears throat> he was our bat boy. So every night people would like, depending on if you got a tip or something, you, hey, Dave, here's a 20, bring me back five upper decks, whatever. Okay. So this is the last night of a homestand and uh there he's gonna go shut it down and he says i said hey dave bring me back 10 packs of of uh upper deck and jeff rogers who has since passed ran United american yep. airlines arena he was the person that got me in with the rangers he said hey dave pick me up a pack and he throws him a five dollar bill and so we come back and we're opening the packs up in joe Mako's office and and he goes my nickname was snacks he goes snacks tell me if i got anything and he's He's flipping over Jeff Rebele and Jeff Kunkel and Juan Diaz. I mean, just zero. You As know, spares, spares, right? And and he he flips a card over, and it's got the big hologram on the back. And he flips it over, and it's in signed Nolan Ryan. And I am going crazy. You go ballistic. I'm. Oh, you Moose, you got it. You got the card. I'm jumping up and down. He goes, What? What did I get? <laughs> the Holy I? Grail. But yeah. Yeah. So he goes, what do I do? And I go get this beautiful, like the size of an iPhone, this beautiful black case. And I put the card in this black case and I go, Moose, this is unbelievable. I can't believe you got it. And so team goes on the road 12 Back then it was 12, 13 days. Come back. We're in the food room. He walks up to me. He goes, um, Hey snacks, you know what? I'm thinking about selling the Nolan card. I, I, um, I need the money. And I go, well, you know, we can call Larry DeLui or Big Red out in Vegas. And they were the big memorabilia guys at the time. And he goes, well, let, let's go ask Nolan. And so we go in the clubhouse, and Nolan's sitting in his chair, putting his Santies on. And I said, hey, Noly, I said, did you hear about Moose getting the card? And he goes, no, I haven't heard about it. And I said, yeah, he got your signed upper deck. And he yeah. goes, well, do you have a, I hadn't seen it. And Moose pulls it out of his pocket. It's not in the glass <laughs> It's case not, yeah it put it, it's bent the edges are bent and I go dude what are you doing what are you doing and Nolan goes yeah moose you messed it up and rips the card up in front of me and the whole dugout dies laughing and they had planted a pack and and and, and everybody was in on it they'd planted a pack Nolan signed the card and it was absolutely a practical
2: so the card that the, the pack that he opened it was a legitimate card that nolan had signed he signed it but then but they planted it they planted they planted it and then the one that got torn up was a counterfeit or it was just a a, a random card
0: no no nolan they all they were all in on it. Oh, okay. nolan just signed the card to, yeah. to make it look
2: i had a fake hologram on yeah.
0: the back yeah but the whole clubhouse was in on it and this was like a three week i mean they played it so well because they they let the team go on the road and come back and it was i'm telling you man he was a
2: jokester. Yeah. Is a jokester. Wow. <laughs> That's a great one. See? That was, that only took three and a half minutes to tell that. So that was all right. Uh, it was well worth it there. Uh our our man uh Gringo, who's there in Belton, you're a central Texas native, yeah. you grew up in Temple. So it's crazy how Nolan led the league in ERA in strikeouts in eighty seven and ended up eight and sixteen. Uh the Angels were not good back then.
0: No, yeah. and, and and so much of that, like even our guy Jordan Lyles right now, who's 0 and mm-hmm. fifteen, he, he he goes out and gives a quality start. He can't help that we didn't score. I mean, yep. you, he can't help that the bullpen, you know, gives it up late in the game. So that's that's a little.
2: Our uh, our friend, uh, as we transition into some uh, Major League Baseball topics, is can you ask our friend MJ from Hearn, Gino knows where Hearn is. Uh, Can you ask what's been the major difference in his Giants turnaround in this winning streak? They won, what, 10 in a row now? 10 in a row. Topped only by the Reds, winning 11 in a row right now.
0: Well, you know, and and the Giants' AAA's number one pitching prospect is going to pitch in Round Rock tonight, Kyle Harrison. And so if you want to see the future of the Giants, he's throwing tonight at Dell Diamond. Um I've talked to a lot of managers. I've talked to Scott Service, Gabe, Pedro Grafal. Um, there is something to this new schedule, and everybody is noticing it. And For folks who don't know, it's gone to a balanced it's schedule. It's gone to a balanced schedule. and But it's not just gone to a balanced schedule. It's gone to you play a game in San Francisco, and the next day you're typically off, you're playing now. There have been some very, really good things that have come out of all the rule changes. The balanced schedule is amazing to be able to see teams that you would never get to see in your city is great for the game. But it's created this kind of pockets of teams that they'll go through a really, really hard part of their schedule and another team in their division is going through the easy part that's streaky either way, and then they flip, and it's streaky the same way. Like like what the Reds are doing is unbelievable. They're doing it without their two best pitchers. Yeah. Graham Ashcraft and Nick Lodolo and – um and you look at the Giants and and Oakland goes into Milwaukee and sweeps the Brewers at home, which was my pick to win the National League Central. And so, it's just created kind of this chaos.
2: Look at the Diamondbacks.
0: It's well, they they are not the surprised. They are so athletic. And if you haven't had a chance to watch Corbin Carroll play mm-hmm. baseball, you talk about a star. Um, and so it's just the schedules kind of create a little bit of chaos in. Uh, pockets of success for teams or failure for teams, and they go two weeks later and they're playing great again. So I think it's going to be an incredible rest of the summer. I think the trade deadline after the draft, leading up to the trade deadline, is going to be so exciting. And we've got so many great stories going on in the game right now. It's really going to be a fun summer.
2: If you were selecting the starting pitcher for the National League All-Star game right now, would it be Zach Gallen? It would be, yes. No? Yep, Because, you know, obviously I hear the the, the other side of it, Dodger fans say. Well, you know, have you seen what Kershaw's been doing lately? And blowing in, he had seven shutout innings you know, But Zach Allen's been just, and tired. Zach Allen's about. I mean, George Brett ran into him on a golf course and called me. He goes, "Hey, you ever heard
0: of Zach Allen?" I'm like. George, George, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. And he goes, well, he's a little bitty guy. He's
1: not very big. You know. We need to get him. And
0: I'm like, okay, George, I'm on it. But what a talent. And, you know, they got him in a trade from the Marlins. That's worked out very well for them.
2: Absolutely. Uh, more cleanup on the Specs text line. So, uh, John in the base said, I paid four ninety nine a gallon. Yeah, John, I saw those gas prices when I was in Palo Alto a week and a half ago. I saw them. I know what I know what they were all about. Somebody asked you your thoughts on uh, Cody Clemens against uh, Bryce Elder, you know, when the Braves played uh, the uh, uh, Phillies. And uh, Bryce Elder has just been on. You forecast it from the start. You said he was on a star track. And you said the same thing about Cody.
0: They're, they're a great matchup. And, and, I mean, truly two of the better grinder Longhorns that we've had around here a long time. Bryce is kind of ch- changing the game a little bit right now because we're in a we're in a power industry right now where everybody's wanting to acquire power, and Bryce goes out there 88 to 90. I think he's third in the National League in ERA, and he is the old-school testimony to making pitches, locating, sequencing, uh, having a game plan when you take the mound. And uh, You just described a former Braves pitcher by the name of Maddox. It was in the back of my head when I said it. Yep. And and Bryce is just I, – I, I texted with him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm just so proud of him uh, because – you know, guys with his stuff a lot of times can go. I, I promise you, there's guys in AAA with better stuff, but they can't sequence and they can't locate and they don't know how to pitch and they don't prepare. And that's why they're in, in the minor league still. And he certainly does a great job.
2: Golf Lingo's asking uh, Will the Orioles start paying players and help? hide out. I'll tell you what, Adley Rutschman's having a good year, and he's leading the All-Star Catcher voting.
0: Yeah, and what an exciting team to watch. I think they need some arms still. They've got the the bats to make some swaps and get some arms, uh, but, but Baltimore and Arizona are two of the really, really fun uh, teams to watch right now from a youth standpoint and, and the way they're doing things.
2: Uh, some uh... Hey, uh, somebody letting you know, Cam says uh, Cameron has great taste in music. Uh, Led Zeppelin, Goats of Music says Sal, and uh, I see. I'm I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on you know, Goats, but yeah, they do have their place, obviously, among the pantheon of great rock and roll bands.
3: Interesting. Okay. Well, that's a hot. That's a hot take for me, but. The, the greatest band of all time came from Liverpool.
2: I'm just yeah, I agree with that. That's okay. the Michael Jordan argument there, you know, with the NBA. We well, did say the Beatles goats, for rock and roll. You know. Yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> uh, somebody, somebody else with the – and I'm anxious to get your thoughts on this because I know you're curious to this. Uh, Victor's takes what take was? He said the thing I have noticed about most about select baseball it seems to have killed off recreational baseball such as Optimist clubs and and so forth. I used to see a lot of those teams when i played uh, as a kid when i played in little league and pony league and colt league baseball I used to see a lot of those teams play
0: yeah you know we, i had this conversation with some college teammates of mine saturday and at joe <coughs> t's in fort worth and they're all involved in that world and i was on the very early end of it from the 15 16s and i struggle with it because you're spending so much money to just get a piece of eleven seven, and so much at a young age and like the, the alt sites with Major League Baseball through the t- pandemic was such an um, increase of development because the pitchers in these alt sites were facing the same pitchers every day. And so you can throw 96 and you can have a, a good breaking ball, but you're facing the same hitter every day. And so you sequence and you work your way in and out of it. And that's what's lost in select baseball is like when you grow up in a city and you play the same guys all the time, you know, you got to learn how to be creative and get people out. And when you're traveling the country and spending a lot of money, and we did it, so I, I can't, you know, say it, it, it's a bad thing, but I wish there was a little bit more back in the community city championships. Remember those? Yeah, yeah, those were great. And and the kids grew up. We still talk about games when we were little, and I wish there was a little bit more of that still
2: here. Uh, more uh, <coughs> feedback on the Specs text line, uh, the cleanup from hour number one. Somebody asked about that, that story. Uh, about in China, the the hot dining thing now is these uh, this stir fry of rocks, and you just, as they say, you suck and dispose. Uh, you, you just it just you get all the flavor off of it, kind of like a hard candy, but you spit out the rock. Somebody said, "Are they reusing the rocks?" <laughs> That's a really good question. Uh, so, yeah, and Cooter uh, sent us a thing that yeah we can't. Uh, do that uh, on the air. Uh, somebody said, uh, "At least it's better than eating bats." That's come up uh, with as well. Somebody else said, "Pretty uh, uh, with the uh, with the 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 uh, food, the uh, meat lab food." Said, "I am pretty sure that's how they make spam. Well, that's some pork shoulder there with spam." You've had a spam sandwich or two in your life many times. Uh, uh, production on lab grown chicken is starting immediately. Haha! <laughs> and our our friend uh, Blind Ryan, as he goes by, Ryan says. When's the voice of the Rangers going to be back? How's he doing? Uh, and have you any updates on it? Ryan, this is all I could, all I know to tell you with regard to Eric Nadell, who's also a good friend of, uh, of Gene Watson's. And I've known Eric a long time. Uh, Eric is a Baseball Hall of Famer, Ford Frick Award winner, and has been with the Rangers, I believe, since 89. And uh, Eric needed a break from the game. He called it exhaustion and mental health for a break from the game. Uh, there was no timetable put on his return. I do think Matt Hicks and Jared Sandler have done a fine job uh, in in for him with Matt moving over to the lead chair, and Jared and there is the two chair. Uh, I did, when I was in Arlington for the Big 12 Conference Tournament at the end of May, have a conversation with a Rangers front office executive whom I've known a long time, and his... And his exact words were, "Craig, I don't know if or when Eric's coming back." Uh, Eric did show up for his benefit at a, a benefit dinner mm-hmm. thing, and he said, and he appeared to to, to be well and had, had, and had a good conversation. But he did not have a timetable for it. Uh, he said uh, the the front office man for the Rangers told me that they were hoping maybe. July to August, but they don't know that, and they said that decision's up to Eric, when he when he wants to return. It's a grind. It it, it is definitely even if you reduce your schedule, and Eric has reduced his schedule uh, in some recent years, uh, and has taken a little more time off during the year than he used to. Uh, but it's a grind it does take a toll on
0: you and he's one of the greatest guys in the world and you'll remember this I got to do three innings with him and Mark (laughs) Holtz for real on a real broadcast and he's been a great friend forever and and the thing that I will say is is the the mental health and anxiety I mean everybody thinks these game these jobs are just because it's sports it's a game but it's every, every in context everybody has their issues and um it's a grind and it 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 can play a lot of tricks on your mind at times and I've I've gone through my stuff in the late 90s w- where it, if it wasn't for my wife I don't know where I would be and mm-hmm. it, it's it's very very hard but we all love Eric immensely and yep. he he's he's a legend. And
2: he is and and Gene's right. It is uh, I would not trade my job with anyone for anything. I, I for any other kind of profession. I love what I do. I love uh the, I love being able to work with all of the uh, uh, sports, uh, work with the sports on campus at UT to call the play-by-play for football, men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball. I uh, wouldn't trade it. I, I love it. But there is a reason I do take two to two and a half weeks off when I get to the end of, you know, in uh, June on into July. And uh, it's to completely clear the mind, uh, refresh myself, recharge, re-energize, and And I've done it this way for 30 years. And when I come back, I'm ready to go for the next 11 months. Mm -hmm. And it'll be the same thing when I get back from vacation. I'll be ready to rock and roll again to do it. It, it. It's amazing what it does to recharge that time away. But then when I get back, I'm ready to go back to work. And when I arrive in Arlington for Big 12 Media Days, bring it. I'm ready for the next 11 months. That's right. So being able to take that time away just to catch my breath and clear my mind and all that sort of stuff and spend time around loved ones, all of that is extremely uh, crucial. Uh, for me, somebody else asking, uh, do you see Jack Leiter being promoted this season?
0: Come I don't on. know. Um, I've been on their system pretty good. Owen White's going to throw Friday night. Uh, Cole Reagan's uh, absolutely through a gym Tuesday night. They've got some pitching depth uh, that could maybe protect that if they don't think he's ready. I've heard he's throwing the ball very very well though, mm-hmm. and they they are they are in position. And you know, Houston. He's got a very good team, and until you beat them, they're the champs. Um, but Texas, as an organization, is in a great position with a window to win multiples. And and they've got the system. The front office is incredible. The the manager, obviously. We were together in San Diego.
2: They're poised to go on a run. Uh, toward that end, somebody want to know your take on the Jonah uh, Jonaheim, uh catcher interference call <laughs> against the White Sox two night's ago.
0: I watched it, you know, Pedro Gafal is like yeah. a brother to me. We talk every night after the game. We did not talk after that game, but <laughs> um interesting interpretation of the rule and and I got to say not only did he not block it, but he was behind the front mm-hmm. of the plate and so it was uh it was interesting
2: to see. I it, well, here's something else I was listening I, I had it on and I was slipping between that and the in the Wake Forest LSU game last night. And at one point when I was watching the Rangers game, I was listening to, uh, to Dave Raymond and C.J. Dinikowski talk about it. And Dave said in the way that the, that the rule is structured, uh, and, and we all had it read to us and read to us uh, and read to us over the past 48 hours what it said. Um, he said it, it doesn't specifically address how the position of Jonah Heim was at the plate, even though in review in New York – they said that it was his initial positioning was what was viewed as blocking the plate. Now, one thing that Dave Raymond said was, there's nothing about that in the book. However, he said all the clubs in a meeting with Major League Baseball were told this. So even though it wasn't in the book, they'd all had it explained to them before the season began about positioning. Because Jonah Heim, who I know you think is maybe the best defensive Mm -hmm. catcher, one of the best in the Mm -hmm. game— uh, has, has said, I'm just asking the umpires, what do I need to do? I want to make sure, because I don't understand it as it's crafted, the rule, to make sure I, I I just play the game the way I've been playing, and all of a sudden one day I'm told the way I've been doing that isn't legal, so I need to know. Uh, tell me what to do, and I'll do it. But I right. just, I, I and the to... throw
0: carried him where it carried him. He, yes. And, and Elvis had a clear view of the plate. He almost was safe anyway. Yeah. I mean, so I, I I I saw one segment later in the night where they showed five plays in other games that night were, that yeah. were that were you know worse than than Jonas. So <laughs> yeah. and and let me just say, these umpires have an incredibly hard job. What's what they're having to keep up? And with. And I think
2: most folks would say, well, the home plate umpire got it right. It is it was, incredible it the review. job.
0: I mean, it is so easy to be critical. And I know a lot of these guys, and it is so easy to be critical of what they do, but they are truly unbelievable at what they do when Mm -hmm. you break it down. And and the things that they have to keep their eyes on in a game, it's incredible. Do you know any of the guys doing the reviewing in New York? I do not. That rotates, too.
2: (laughs) It does. Uh, We'll have uh, another Longhorn Notebook coming up in the Flex 30 update when we continue to light the tower on the Horn, 1049-1019-AM1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com.
1: Craig Way and Jeff Howe light the tower.
2: Here's another great rock and roll band, Fleetwood Mac. Our friend Tom McKay on the specs text he says, the "Greatest band of all time was the Loco Gringos, the Beatles, and." Zeppler were great. The Who and Stones were okay, but the Gringos just couldn't keep Peppy alive. So uh, <laughs> okay, uh, there's that. Um, we continue with uh, our good friend Gene Watson to talk some baseball. Um, somebody said complicated question. Do you know if the review umpire? Do you know if the review umpires in New York? just see what they're reviewing, or are they like commentators who, on all the games, going back and forth, it would seem best if they were only seeing what they are reviewing so there's no bias. The Whether whether they believe the game is being called fairly fourth, one of the... I, I'm having a little trouble understanding some of the some of that. It's a complicated wording of the question there. Uh, the way I understand it, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Gino, it is a crew, just like with the NBA review, they're sitting in a review room and they've got all the games mm-hmm. on, and if they're asked to review a certain game, then they they dial in and then they... The call comes the, in. The call comes in. Yeah. And, and so, they're
0: watching all of the games, and I, I don't know this. I'm guessing as as they're in, and this is all on 6th Avenue, mm-hmm. um, right there across the street from Radio City. I'm guessing that they're getting some evaluation while they're in, as to you know, uh, and and there's a lot of like daily situations and games. And Mike Hill, who I worked with in Miami, oversees all that, mm-hmm. and is an amazing guy. He he um he's he's amazing. He 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 could be a commissioner someday. Wow. Um, but you know there there's so many things that go on behind the scenes of a game balls and strikes, interpretations of the rules, you know, weather situations. Um early work on the field. They 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 have to manage a lot and so my guess, I don't know this for a fact, is that while they're in New York as a part of the review team, they're going over other things that are taking place while they're in the field. And yep. and so but but I know they take it extremely serious and um you know, it's a 13 billion dollar industry and so um, it, it means a lot that these outcomes mean a lot, and that that decision, right or wrong, the other night was the game. Yep. And so the thing that they will work toward, uh, whether they're convicted in the in the decision or not, is they'll work toward it, getting it
2: right again the next time it comes up. Uh, the, the, person who texted in apologized, that I, I was using voice text, the voice to text. I figured that was probably the case on that. Hopefully that answered the question for you. Okay. Uh, here's some rapid fire for you here. Um, where do you stand on city connect uniforms? Love them. Um,
0: all of them. Not all of them. No, not all of them. I think the Pittsburgh one is beautiful. Pittsburgh
2: th- is unveiling theirs, and it looks it looks actually pretty nice because they say they're keeping it within the colors yes. of black and gold because they're synonymous with the city of Pittsburgh, what with the Steelers, the Pirates, the Penguins. They're keeping it synonymous with black and gold. And they kind of look a little bit like their uh, We Are Family 1979 right. uniforms. I
0: love the White Sox black. I love our blues. I love, the, obviously, the Cubs blues. Uh-huh. Uh, I think they've done a great job. They've, they've done a great job of of – Again, identifying the city with the team and the fans just love it. They mm-hmm. they they love it. I mean, um, my son works for the
2: Padres. They take a little bit of a hit uh, on that one. <laughs> These, uh, you know what Linda calls those uniforms? If you haven't seen the Padres, they're white with like a pastel light green, a pastel pink, and some yellow in there. And she said, and of course it's in it's in Spanish. <clears throat> what's on there and she said it reminds her of of she'd been down to mexico before and said of when they're selling ice cream down there paletas and so she calls uniforms the paletas because it looks like the ice cream vendors down there the paletas
0: yeah I, i think it's wonderful they 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 do a great job of branding the game and coming up at the right time with something for the fans to identify with their teams um and i love them i think they're great
2: um the uh uh, somebody said, or oh, CB says, the Mariners' City Connect uniforms and the hats are awesome. The Rangers are unique. It's it's kind of an old English look with the TX. Some said it kind of looks like the Rice Owls R with the old right. English uh, off of that. So uh, so there's some of that as well. Uh, somebody else with a question about the ball strike challenges. In minor league, is there a limit to the number of the challenges? I was at the Round Rock El Paso game, and it seemed like they released six challenges. Of course, we're talking about the uh, we're talking about now the robot cam.
0: Yes, and and Tuesday, and th- this is my first minor league series in like four years. I haven't been in the minor leagues, and so the other night there was a ball up and away called a strike, and I looked at Jackson Ryan. and I'm like, what? And he's like, he pointed at the scoreboard. It's the ABS Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is the ABS. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it goes back into the hands of the umpires, and uh and maybe I mean that,
2: automatic ball. Strike.
0: That was new to me, and um, but uh, and I and know it wasn't a strike. I can tell you that, but <laughs> um, I I couldn't answer that. I I haven't been in the minor leagues since two thousand and eighteen or something like that. It's been crazy. So,
2: <laughs> so it sounds like you you answered similar uh, fashion. Sometimes when I'm working a Longhorn game on the road or somewhere with Keith Moreland, and it, and a pitch comes in, and you could tell. That it should have been called a ball, and I said, mm, "That's called a strike." And Keith would just go, "Didn't have to be, <laughs> didn't have to be." <laughs> that's a I tell
0: thing. you what, I, I, you couldn't. There ain't enough money to pay me to get behind the plate and, and do that. It is an incredibly hard
2: job. Um, do you see this eventually making its way to Major League Baseball?
0: I do. Again, it's a thirteen billion dollar industry. And the bottom line is just get it right. doesn't matter how you do it, get it right. And uh, the game's getting bigger, stronger, faster, more on the line every day, and I do think that it's it will eventually take over.
2: Uh, right now, let's uh, work in a Flex 30 update if we can. We'll be sure
1: if we can do that here. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement.
2: Okay, yesterday on the program we had Greg Tepper on managing editor at Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. We talked about... Uh, when we got to the high school portion of it, we mentioned, of course, in 6A, there's a top 50. And the reason they, they rank the top 50 in 6A is because, of course, they don't split it up for the playoffs for Division I and Division II until they get to the postseason. So in the other classifications, 5A all the way down through 1A, even the six-man, all 5A down through 1A, they have a top 25. But in 6A... They have a top 50 because you don't know for sure which ones are going to go Division 1, which ones are going to go Division 2. Some you know. Like, for example, their preseason number one, Duncanville, the defending state champs, they're Division 1 because of the enrollment. Galena Park North Shore, uh, their second-ranked team number two, the team that Duncanville finally got over the hump and beat last year, they're going to be Division 1, no doubt about it. DeSoto, good chance they won the Division 2 title last year. They're number three. They could be D2. Westlake could go either way, D1 or D2. That's four. And the rest of that top ten is Katy can go either way, Division one or Division 2 We've seen it happen both ways. They're number five. Spring Westfield, probably a D2, could go Division I. They're six. Vandergriff definitely is going to be headed Division Two route. That's preseason number seven. South Lake Carroll could go either way, D1 or D2. They're number eight preseason poll. Denton Geyer has gone both, but probably D2, number nine. And Cedar number 10, would be Division I. Lake Travis, probably. Uh, Lake Travis would definitely be Division I. They have largest enrollment. They would pro- they would definitely be Division I. So that's why there's a top 50 out of that as well. And we mentioned the the remaining area schools that were ranked, including Dripping Springs at number 23, they would most certainly be a division two school. And uh, Round Rock at number 35, they almost certainly would be a division one. Not 100% guaranteed looking at the enrollments, but in all probability, let me make sure I'm looking at this. No, they would definitely be. They have the largest enrollment. So, Round Rock would definitely be Division I as well. The um, preseason choices in 25 6A, Vandegrift is picked to win the district title uh, by Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Round Rock 2, Cedar Ridge 3, Vista Ridge 4, with Maynard, McNeil, Stony Point, and Westwood rounding out the district. Their preseason offensive MVP, Miles Coleman. No big surprise there from Vandegrift. Uh, Baron Robinson from Cedar Ridge, defensive back, preseason defensive MVP. Your thoughts on that, Cameron Parker?
3: I'm just excited for football, Craig. Yeah. I and mean, We're so close to it. And real quick, also last night's Flex ATX show. Yes. Um, Taylor Ducks, brand new head coach. Um, Irvin Flowers came on last night. Good interview with him as he tries to build that Ducks program. And also, Round Rock quarterback Mason Cochran was in studio. And he's a kid that you can just listen to him. He loves football. He loves everything about it. Very passionate. So excited for Round Rock's football season as well. Check it out on Horn FM and the Flex ATX podcast page.
0: Craig, can I ask a question? Yeah, of course. There has to be a
2: misprint here.
3: What's that? Well,
2: are you looking at Temple?
0: There's no... There's no Temple Wildcats in the top 50. <laughs> How is that possible?
2: I'm sorry to have to inform you. Huh? And they picked a
0: second in the district. <laughs> What's going on?
2: They do. They they do. Uh, in uh, 12-6-A, Harker Heights is picked to win the district. Uh, Temple is picked second uh, in that district. Weiss third. Putto fourth out of that so there'd be a couple there but they don't have the temple wildcats okay. well, in the it top all comes 50. out
0: in the wash as my mom used to say yeah absolutely <laughs> i guess you find out
2: over time but uh, uh see you got to take that up with tepper you know you have to take that up with him on why they didn't uh you know blue front white back you know why they didn't uh have temple uh rated in the top 50 out of that
0: we did have a first round pick in the nfl draft
2: yes you did yes you did uh, but, again, uh, no Temple in the top 50. But they can change all that uh, when we get to the fall. All right, there it is, your Flex 30 update. And uh, it, it, there is no bigger Temple Wildcat fan than former Temple Wildcat Gene Watson. You're as you're big a follower from afar.
0: And as- my parents grew up in Killeen.
2: So you central Texas through and through. My
0: first game was the '74 Temple killeen game. They blew Temple out, 38 to 13. And walking out of the stadium, Bob McQueen gave me a football, and that was the day I said I'm going to play for the Temple Wildcats. And we moved back from Florida for me to play at Temple High School.
2: Really? Yep. Did you, did, did your dad play football in high school?
0: I played for Killeen, Yeah. Kangaroo's. Did he play
2: for the the immortal Gene Leo, Rogers? Uh, Leo Buckley. Oh, played for the even more immortal Leo mm-hmm. Buckley himself, yep. room mm-hmm. the stadium. Isn't he? so? Uh, uh, and uh, the aforementioned, just just recently aforementioned by Cameron, Irvin Flowers, the new head coach of Taylor, is himself a former Temple. Wow, that is correct. Yep. So there you go. Uh, back to a couple more questions, baseball wise for Z- for Gino. When batters are able to tell when a ball is outside or inside, or above or below the zone, better than the Umps can, I think we can say the robots. Are necessary, but I mean, th- this is still a thing where they were it, like you say, it's on a trial basis anyway, and they're kind of working through some bugs in the system, aren't they?
0: Yes, and and <clears throat> I mean, the umpire, the uh, the players never really do a lot to disrespect the umpires unless it's like really. I think you saw the Angel Ranger series this past week where there were clearly some balls down and in, but again you're trying to cover two sides of the plate at sometimes 100 miles an hour. It's incredibly hard. And in an era where it's pitch shape and pitch design and it's about pitch movement now, and there's so much run and life to these pitches, it's incredibly difficult um, for these umpires to get every call right. And, and they're they are doing the best they can. It's just an incredibly tough job. But, I mean, hitters from a very young age – the first thing they're taught is 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 the strike zone, and for me, in evaluating young hitters, it's it's how do they see the ball out of the hand and the spin out of the hand, and so by the time they get to the major league level, they have a very very strong
2: understanding of of what the strike zone is. All right, we'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower here on the Horn.
1: Light the Tower.
3: All right, this is where I draw the line. (sighs) No? No Black Sabbath?
2: Uh. (laughs) That's the next show. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Not my cup of tea. I was going to
3: play local gringos for Tom McKay, but that's not very suitable for uh, the radios I found out pretty quickly. No, no. Do you have
0: any Cody Johnson? (laughs)
2: Tomorrow.
3: Tomorrow. Randy Rogers? Yeah,
2: maybe we'll do that. Hey, by the way, tomorrow on the program... Ty Henderson, the producer for Air, will do the music survey. Gino had fun with that. We did oh, that a year great. ago. You enjoyed that. It was great. I loved it. It kind of it was an awakening for you as, to, as well as to your musical taste and stuff, right? Well,
0: when it was, when it was over, I could have done it again, and it would have been completely
2: different songs. Exactly. That's a great thing. Uh, hey, I appreciate you uh, taking the time Always to do this. Always this, a pleasure. Always a great time. Yeah. Uh, Gene Watson, you can follow him. He does a great job. Where do they follow you on Twitter, by the way? these days oh my gosh uh watson gene a yeah i, think, yeah. Yeah. I was trying to remember watson, that okay gene a. you'll find him you'll find him there uh we'll be back tomorrow uh today tomorrow will be a day of ties because ty harrington will join us in the morning to uh break down and uh handicap if you will the national championship series because we're going to have either Wake Forest or LSU win the night, and one of them is going to play Florida for the national title starting on Saturday. So Ty will join us during the first hour. Ty Henderson, second hour with the music survey. Stay tuned for Chad and Zay coming up next for our good friend, Gene Watson. For a man behind the glass, our producer, Cameron Parker. I'm Craig Way. Thank you for joining us. We'll visit with you tomorrow morning here on Light the Tower.